Uh, we're glad that you're here with a smile on your face and everybody's happy and uh, ready to worship the Lord. Are you ready to worship the Lord? Amen. 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 We're always ready to worship the Lord, aren't we? Why don't you stand with me tonight, please? Did you get her slicked down? Okay. Sister Vonda's over there giving it the cow lick. I don't know. Let's pray together tonight. Welcome the presence of the Lord. Father, oh, what a day you've blessed us with. Lord, we've, we've ran. We've been busy. God, we've, we've gone to work. We've taken care of dinner. We've taken care of children. Lord, there's been so many different things that have been on our plate all day long. And God, we've just been, been going and going and going. And Lord, right now, our heart's cry is just to pause. Lord, we just want to stop just for a little bit and let all the other stuff go away. Let all the distractions of the day fade. And God, we want to focus our full heart and our full attention upon you. Lord, I pray for no distractions in this room tonight. I pray for no interruptions of the move of the Spirit. And Lord, I pray right now just for freedom and liberty. God, that you would come and just meet with your people. May our attention be focused upon you 100%, Lord. And God, we give you the thanks and the glory for your good, Lord, and your mercy endures forever. Thank you for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's worship together. Try this again. Here we go. <laughs>
your love that sets our hearts ablaze. It is your love that sets our hearts ablaze. Father, we're Rejoice, all the earth rejoice. 
foolish tries to hide and trembles at his voice and trembles at his voice how great
begin to bless his name all around this room just declare how great is our God come on from your own heart from your own words from your own worship tonight just let that worship flow forth father you are great and mighty God you're mighty to save and mighty to heal mighty to redeem and mighty to restore God we lift up your name and we glorify you yours is the name above every other name we thank you for the strength and the authority the power the might and dominion of the name of Jesus Christ blessed be the name of the Lord hallelujah glory worship and honor thanks be unto you Lord hallelujah and praise to you and to you alone Lord hallelujah hallelujah bless you Lord he's mighty he's worthy he's holy he's righteous come on and give him a hand clap of praise together thank the Lord turn and greet someone man it's great to see you guys let them know you love them tonight Thank the Lord. Man, it's good to see you guys tonight. Man, I think this is probably the best Wednesday night attendance we've had. Best looking Wednesday night attendance. Thank you, sweetheart. Uh, in forever. Man, it's good to have you guys all here tonight. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Uh, you honor us with your presence. What a blessing, what a blessing. Uh, a few things to be reminded of tonight as we get started. Um, of course, this coming Sunday evening... Uh, we're going to be honoring our graduates through baccalaureate services. Uh, there's one that'll be at the auditorium at Lone Grove High School. Uh, there's, uh, of course, the, the Dixon one that's coming up. It's on, uh, there's two, Sunday at 2 o'clock is the Dixon one. And then the Plainview one is the next Sunday. And it's in between as well. And so there's a bunch of them going on. And so, man, I want to encourage you. Uh, we have three high school graduates. And by the grace of God, Miss McLemore, they're having baccalaureate at all three high schools. And so we're, we're so glad about that. For those of you that don't know, I'm not going to out the cat or make her, you know, uh, brag on her a whole bunch. But they're having baccalaureate because of that lady back there in the green shirt. And I'm proud of you, girl. I'm proud you made a stand for Jesus. And and uh, that's, that's awesome. That is so cool. That's so good. Um, Heart to Heart's coming up, ladies, Tuesday night, uh, 6 o'clock. If you uh, haven't heard from Sister Vonda or talked to Sister Vonda, uh, they're looking for, uh, what, cooks, dishwashers. Um, they've got servers. For those of you that don't know, they're going to uh, the Salvation Army, is that correct? Salvation Army and uh, the soup kitchen. Going to be feeding a meal uh, next Tuesday night. And so, man, if that sounds like something you'd like to be involved with, uh, get with Sister Vonda or Marla uh, after service, and they'll get you hooked up to do something. And uh, everybody can do something. I said everybody can do something. Everybody can do something. And so maybe you're just a talker. Maybe you're just a prayer. Maybe you're just a giver. Maybe you're just a goer. Uh, but whatever. Everybody has the ability. You've got a heartbeat you can do. 
Uh, men's breakfast is coming up on the 21st. I want to invite all the guys to come. We always have a great meal, uh, food and fellowship, and always a great, great word uh, that's shared. I don't see uh, Brother Randy's not in here. I was going to ask him who was doing the devotion this month, but we always have one of our guys. We take turns, and a different guy will do a devotion every month. And, and if you've never been to a men's breakfast, I'd like to invite you to come, guys. Uh, looking around the room, looks like most everybody in here comes, and so I'm glad. Uh, Memorial Day cookout's coming up on the 29th. Um, that's always a great time in the Lord. That'll be in the evening service. And uh, we invite you to come and be a part of that. Uh, it's always a lot of fun, just food and fellowship. Uh, I think the Lord uh, acknowledges and understands that, that we need to just hang out together sometimes. And uh, the early church did that. They got together. They broke bread. Uh, they ate their food together with simplicity and gladness of heart is what the Word says. And so uh, we want to do the same thing. We've got some great hamburger cooks. And so they're going to be uh, firing up the old grill for us. And, and uh, it's, it's going to be good. Uh, still ministry opportunities, security desk. There's always uh, room for somebody else on the security desk. Uh, those guys, uh, we, we try to work the schedule out so there's enough guys to rotate. So there's somebody in the foyer uh, for every service. There's going to be somebody in the foyer for every service. But unfortunately, what ends up happening is sometimes those guys end up working two or three weeks in a row. And uh, so if you, can, if you can give one service a month, man, that would help uh, Brother Ron, Brother Randy, Brother Tommy, Brother uh, Lynn, some of the other guys who, who rotate through that. And so that would be a blessing. Also, uh, youth concession stand worker. Miss Carol's been going down on Wednesday nights. I know uh, Miss Faith's been going down there and helping as well. Uh, if you'd like to, to just give an hour of your evening on Wednesday nights to go down and help with that, uh, Brother Chasen would love you. Uh, there's no background check uh, to make sure that you know how to pass out candy bars. Uh, we just want to make sure that you uh, love Jesus and that you love kids. And so uh, that would be an awesome thing. Door greeters. Uh, we, man, I have the sweetest little lady uh, who, who is my door greeter. She's my number one door greeter. Miss Kate, we love you. We're so proud of you. Uh, the very first week she jumped in the middle of that and she said, Pastor, this says you need door greeters. And I said, you're perfect for the job, girl. You've got a smile this big and a heart that loves Jesus. And so if you'd like to help her uh, on a Sunday morning or even a Wednesday night or a Sunday night to, to stand in the foyer and greet people and pass out flyers. We've been having so many new families, you guys. Uh, and I'm thrilled about that. God's been blessing us with new people in the services almost on a weekly basis. And uh, to, to see a pretty smiling face when they walk in the door makes all the difference in the world to them. And so... Uh, I want to encourage you, get involved. There's always opportunities of ministry. Uh, I, it's not in this week's bulletin. It'll be in next week's bulletin. Uh, if you'd like to, to help in the nursery, Miss Keisha's going to be having a nursery workers meeting on the 22nd following the morning service. And so uh, that'd be a good time for you to get involved. Or if you just say, hey, I'm ready to work the nursery right now. Go see her. She's sitting over here. And uh, so that would be... a. Uh, uh, that'd be a great thing to be involved with. There's always plenty of opportunities. It's just, you know, doing it. Amen. There was two. I'm, can, I get, can I get a third one? Okay. <laughs> praise ye the Lord. Okay. Um, praise your porch tonight. Man, the pavilion service this last week was wonderful. Uh, the, the wind of the Holy Spirit was blowing. 
Uh, <laughs> the, the wind was blowing, I'll just say that, okay? We did have a great time. I was really proud of our, our youth pastor and the youth worship team. Uh, they did an outstanding job. For it to be as windy as it was and to still be able to have worship as well as they did, I was proud of them. And uh, thank you guys who came out. It was a lot of fun. I know a lot of people said, Pastor, we were worried about how hot it was going to be. I promise you there was enough wind blowing. You wasn't going to get hot. Uh, it, was, it was nice and air-conditioned. Uh, I can't tell you how the air was conditioned, but it was air-conditioned. And uh, so we had a great time, lots and lots of fun. Um, I love our pavilion. I'm very proud of that. And uh, it's one of those things I want to use as often as we possibly can. And so uh, get involved with with that stuff going on as well. Um, Prayer requests tonight. Let's continue to pray, of course, for our nation. Uh, Still praying, speaking complete healing over Brother Ronnie Burns every day. Uh, Sister Vonda and I went to visit them this past week. And um, he's, he's doing well, man. He's in great spirits. I don't know how you could not be in good spirits and stay in the same house with Mary Burns, but uh, he, was, he was great. I don't know that I've ever in my, in my 20 plus years of, of doing home visits to anybody that, that you'd go visit them. And normally you're taking them stuff. You're taking them food or you're taking them a book or you're taking them something. And uh, we, we called ahead of time and said, hey, we'd like to bring you all some food. Can we bring you something? Mary was like, absolutely not. We got more food than we can eat. You don't bring me nothing. I just don't need a thing. It'll be just fine. We've got plenty of food. Thank you very much. And then when we walked out of the door, not only did she not want food, but she loaded me up with a cake that was about this big. And she said, here, Pastor, I made this especially for you. It's for breakfast. You take that home. You have a, a, a piece of that cake every morning. And after I have a piece of that cake every morning, I talk exactly like that for about an hour. <laughs> I love Miss Mary. She's is, she is special, special. And, and Brother Ronnie, we're lifting him up, of course, every day. Uh, Mama Betty, we're praying for her, lifting her up every day. She's getting stronger. I got the, the, the sweetest text from Brother Allen today. She's not, of course, you guys know, she's not been able to be in services with us for a while. She's not been feeling like it. She's, she's in pain for, for a little part of the day. And so uh, she doesn't feel like the drive over and she doesn't feel like sitting through service. And so we've been sending CDs to her. Miss Marla's been making CDs of the services and sending them home with Faith and Allen. Brother Allen sent me a text message today that said, uh, his mom had been listening to him and said it really wasn't the same as being in service, but if she closed her eyes, it was almost like being there. It made me cry, Brother Allen. It really did. I love your mama. She's a sweet, sweet lady. Um, she's, she's precious. Still praying for Brother Curtis. He's doing good, though. We're, we're just believing great stuff for him, healing, complete healing in his body. A lot of different stuff going on. Uh, Garen, uh, he's, he's home, but we're still praying, just healing over his body every day to be 100%. And uh, we just want him lifted up and to be whole. Let me give you guys a minute or two tonight to add anything that may be going on in your lives that we need to pray about. What can we pray with you for tonight? What's going on? I'm driving to Arkansas Friday, and then drive back on Sunday, so... Okay. Safe travels. All right. Who else? Ms. Kim. Okay. What else? We got a text earlier from Merle saying his mom is in the hospital. Merle? Okay. 
Okay. That's another sweet lady. We want to be praying for her as well. What else, guys? Remember Debbie tonight. Be praying for her. Yes, ma'am. Anything else tonight? Brother. Anything else? I just want to praise the Lord and thank the ladies of the church that helped serve uh, the funeral dinner Monday. And I just thank God that there was seed that was gone out that day. And we were able to bless the family. Amen. You got to get it. That's oh. what I was going to say. <laughs> two, two, yeah. Great minds. After 400 years together, we ought to think about it. <laughs> Amen. I, I want to echo what, what Sister Vonda said uh, just a minute ago, and, and that is a, a huge thank you to all the ladies who helped uh, serve the funeral dinner. Uh, those of you that are here uh, Sunday night, uh, I had announced that I was doing a funeral for a family that we really didn't know, we really had no attachment with, they didn't have a pastor, they didn't have a church home, uh, they didn't have a church family to reach out to them and love on them. And uh, I, I made sure to tell all of our ladies that were serving them that. And uh, boy, our girls went above and beyond. That, that sweet little lady sitting over there in that hat, um, she went above and beyond to love on those people. And uh, I, told, I told Carol uh, before service tonight, of course I got to preach the, the funeral service. It was at Harvey Douglas. Um, they weren't exactly sure uh, about you know, the preacher standing up and telling them about Jesus. They probably had never had anybody tell them about Jesus before. Uh, but they should have known that came with the territory when they asked Gary Dotson to come and uh, to do the funeral service for them. And so uh, the, the Word of God was planted in them. The seed of Jesus was planted in them. Love was planted in them from our ladies. And uh, uh, we're just going to believe for a harvest. Their, their, family, their family needed that love that day. And uh, the, the kingdom was represented well. The, uh, the church was represented well that day. I'm, I'm proud of our church family. I want us to pray together tonight. i got a word, man, I'm ready to get into. Um, I've been waiting for two weeks to preach this to y'all. Um, uh, last Wednesday night, of course, we it, this is this is the direction. I was starting a new sermon series, and uh, the weatherman had a different plan for us last Wednesday night. And uh, better safe than sorry. And uh, we we always. I've got to tell you, if it was just me and Vonda that was coming, we'd have probably been here. Uh, but I'm thinking about the rest of you when I make decisions. No, Vonda wouldn't have been here. Okay, if it had just been me, I'd have been here. Uh, but uh, I, I'm really, I think about the rest of you. 
And uh, I, I never want to take a chance with your safety. And so that's the reason why we made the decision we did last week. But we're here tonight. And the Word is here, so let's get on our feet. And uh, we're going to pray together tonight. Welcome the Lord and uh, receive what He has for us. Father, we love You. Uh, and together, collectively in this place tonight, we've worshipped Your name. Uh, we've cried out to You in praise and worship and honor. And Lord, we pray around this room tonight that, that Lord, You would just right now surround us with Your plan, surround us with Your purpose. And, and God, I believe that plan and that purpose is healing. Lord, we speak a supernatural manifested healing over every need and over every name. God, a complete healing for Brother Ronnie. Uh, God, just continue to, to minister to him, to heal him, to cause complete healing to rise up in his body and in his foot. Lord, I pray travel mercies over Faith as she goes this weekend uh, to Arkansas. Lord, be with her every step of the way. We pray for the Bartlett family tonight. God, we speak a peace that surpasses understanding. Uh, we, we pray right now, God, for, uh, for Marla's sister, Debbie. We ask you, God, to intervene. We ask you, God, to touch her, to be with her, strengthen her body. And Lord, we pray right now for uh, Tim Honeycutt. We ask you, God, to, to touch him, to heal him. God, to cause that lung to, to come back to inflation, to come back to the way it's supposed to be. We pray over Merle's mother tonight. We ask you to be with her, God, to, to minister healing to her body. God, to touch her in a way that only you can. And God, I pray tonight for, for Sister Betty. God, that you'd touch her, that you'd minister to her. God, that, that you would intervene on her behalf. And Lord, I pray over every spoken request in this room and God, every unspoken request. Lord, you know us intimately. You know us from the inside to the outside. And, and Lord, I pray right now that you would touch and minister to every need in every life and every home and in every family. God, thank you for the work that you're doing in Garen. And, and Lord, I thank you that you're still in the process. God, you're still working on it. And God, we thank you tonight for who you are and what you're going to do. We give you all the praise and the glory. We ask it in Jesus' amazing name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give him a hand clap of praise together tonight. Thank the Lord. God bless you tonight as you're seated in the presence of the Lord. Oh, we serve a good God tonight, church. How many are thankful tonight for the unfailing Word of God? How many of you brought your Bible with you tonight? You got a Bible? Everybody got a Bible? Whether it be on phone, David's shining his Facebook page at me. It's not, you're not on the Bible, dude. I saw that. <laughs> you, you've either got a Bible in written form or you've got a Bible on, on your, your cell phone. I think that's awesome uh, that the technology, the availability is there for us to be able to do that. Uh, I, <laughs> Sunday night, I got a kick out of uh, Brother Ethan and a, a kick out of Brother Chase and both. I was, uh, of course, the wind was blowing 5,000 miles an hour right out of the south, and I had my back face to the south, and I'd, I'd taken all my sermon notes, and I'd put them in a, in a three-ring binder in those little uh, divider, those little plastic separators, and then I had to have paper clips to put on them to keep that from blowing away, and I had paper clips on my Bible to keep the pages from blowing away, and, and both of them looked at me about the same time, and they said, Said, you know, Pastor, you can get that in electronic form just like you've got it right there. <laughs> I was at a district council meeting about a hundred years ago uh, about when that technology emerged. And, and one of the, my heroes of the faith, a fellow by the name of Craig Dacus, uh, had his uh, Bible app opened and he was reading the opening scripture to open district council that particular year. And he was scrolling up with his finger and scrolling up with his finger and and he, he was reading along as he went, and he scrolled too far, and he went, and you guys know what the rest of it says. <laughs> I 
I got to tell you something. When it comes to this little guy right here, the batteries never go dead on it. Uh, the lights never grow dim on it. Uh, it, it works constantly. It's, it's always open. It's always available. It never fails me. Come on. How many are thankful for the Word of God tonight? If you don't have a paperback Bible, we've got some for you. We'd love to have uh, you to have one. Uh, in the book of Isaiah chapter 40 verse 8, the Bible says that the grass withers and the flowers fade away, but the Word of God stands forever. Come on, how many understand the Word of God stands forever? Uh, and I believe in these last days that we need the truth of the Word of God more today than we've ever needed it before. We don't need cute little stories made up by some man. We don't need the opinion of some man. We need the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. We need the Word of God, right? We need an understanding that Jesus Christ is coming soon and very soon, and, and we need to be doing all that we can to live preparing ourselves for the, the sounding of that trumpet, and we need to be doing all that we can to, to live to prepare others for the sounding of that trumpet as well. And I believe with all my heart that it's the truth of the Word of God that, that helps us to be prepared for His soon return. The, the truth of the Word of God helps you to be prepared for all the events that unfold in life. How many agree with that much tonight? Now over the past several weeks, we've been in a series of sermons in regard to praise and worship. I pray, that, I pray that you've enjoyed that as much as I have, but as I've gone through that study, I'm always thinking, I'm always praying, I'm always trying to plan ahead just a little bit so that I, I know the next direction, I know the next step that God would have us to go into. And, and as I began to pray about the next series, possibility that the Lord would have me to share on these Wednesday nights, He kept bringing me back to the book of Revelation over and over again. Uh, and and the, the truth is, is that a lot of people will shy away from the book of Revelation because of, uh, quite honestly, it, it can be difficult to understand for some people. Uh, the, the book of Revelation is not for the casual Christian. The book of Revelation is not for the, for the new convert. It, uh, it, it's one of those books that you really have to have an open heart and an open spirit because, uh, quite honestly, you don't know which parts to take literally and which parts to take figuratively. And uh, what, what part do I take as an absolute and what part do I uh, take to have some, some secret meaning behind it or some other emphasis behind what they're actually trying to say? What's the, what's the literal translation of the Word of God? And the truth is, because many people shy away from the book of Revelation, they're, they're missing great truths that the Lord would have us to grow in and glean and understand. And what we find from the book of Revelation itself is that by reading this book and by keeping the words in it, the, the Bible says that we're blessed because of it. That's, that's found in Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. It says, Blessed is he who, reads, uh, who hears the words of this prophecy and keeps the things which are written in it, for the time is near. See, even the book of Revelation was talking about the near soon return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it says, if we'll read these words, if we'll hear these words, if we'll do these words, then we're going to be blessed because of it. I mean, oh, in these last days, we need the blessings of God to fall, right? We need to flow and function in the blessing of God. It's hard to bless somebody else if you're not first blessed yourself. God doesn't bless us to heap up blessings, but God blesses us to bless others. He'll get it to you if He can get it through you. Come on. I'm a believer tonight in the blessings of Almighty God. And the truth tonight is, is that the book of Revelation is a, a book of prophecy of the events that we're seeing unfold in our time today. You can read the book of Revelation and, and really it's quite frank, it's, it's pretty raw like we're reading from the headlines. If, if they would accurately depict the headlines of the things that are unfolding in the world today, these things would be what we'd be reading about. 
When you go to the first part of the book of Revelation, uh, the last part of chapter 1 and reading through about chapter 3, what you'll find is that there are seven letters written to seven churches. Uh, those seven churches are the church of Ephesus and Smyrna, uh, Pergamos and Thyatira, Sardis and Philadelphia, and Laodicea. These seven churches that are mentioned were actual cities in the, uh, in the time, in the era that the book was written. They also represent the churches down through the church age. They also represent the churches down through the church time, to, uh, up to current time that we're living in today. What we find as we study these letters to these seven churches is that uh, what we understand and what we can glean from them can be applied to the church of the year 2022, both as an individual and as a church. We can take the things we're going to learn from these seven letters to these seven churches and apply them directly to our lives. How many uh, understand what I'm talking about so far tonight? How many believe tonight that we need to be the person and the church that God has called us to be? I also would submit to you tonight that through these seven letters, through these seven churches, the Word of God is going to come alive and help us to be able to do exactly that. To be the church that God's called us to be and to be the individual that God has called us to be. Tonight we begin with the, the very first letter to the very first church, which is the church at Ephesus, known as the Loveless Church. And, and the title of tonight's message, the way we begin uh, this, this seven letters to these seven churches is by talking about our first love. Find, find your Bibles if you would please. We're going to the book of Revelation chapter 2. I want to read verses 1 through 7 with you tonight. Revelation chapter 2 verse 1. The Bible says, To the angel of the church at Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them to be liars. And you have persevered with, and have patience, and have labored for my namesake, and have not become weary. Verse 4, Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. For this you have, that you hate the deeds of the, excuse me, the Nickelodeons, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you tonight for, for your help. Thank you, Lord, tonight for the equipping of the Holy Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us ears to hear and great revelation to understand. Lord, have your way in this meeting, please. And Lord, leave nothing out that you want to accomplish. Lord, never for our praise or glory, but God, always for yours. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we please give the Lord another hand clap together tonight? Amen. I'm thankful tonight for the great love that God has for us. How about you? How many would agree tonight that God loves us so much that He sent the very best that heaven had to offer, right? 
He, he sent Him to be a sacrifice, to live, to die, to be raised from the dead. He loves us so much. Jesus loves us so much that He took stripes on His body, that He became a willing participant in the, the plan of Almighty God to, to go through the punishment of the whipping post, to go to the cross of Calvary, to go to that tomb and to get up on the third day. That's how much the Son loves us. He loves us so much that He poured out the good gift of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost loves you so much that He lives alive inside of you every day. He loves you so much that He's gone away to prepare a place for you that where He is, there you may be also. And He loves you so very much that soon and very soon He's coming to take us home to where to be with Him forevermore. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit love you. How many believe that that ought to be a two-way street? If He loved me, I ought to love Him in return. 1 John chapter 4, verse 19 says, We love Him because He first loved us. We love God because He loved us. That's, that's enough of an explanation. That's enough of a reason to say, I love my God. Yes, He saved my soul. Yes, He's healed my body. Yes, He filled me with the Holy Spirit. Yes, He's coming to get me again soon. But the main reason for loving God is simply because He loved you first, friend. In the physical, every married person is supposed to have that number one love, that very first love. In the book of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, the Bible says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for her. Now, I know a lot of guys like to, to read Ephesians chapter 5, and we like to read that part where it says, Wives, submit. That's the first part. But you know what? Then it goes on in verse 25 to say, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for her. Gentlemen, can I suggest to you tonight, if you're loving your wife the way Christ loved the church, it's going to be easy for her to submit to you. Amen. Hallelujah. The, the husband is to love his wife and the wife is to love her husband. That's supposed to be their first love. Let me say that again so everybody gets it, right? The husband's supposed to love his wife, and the wife's supposed to love her husband, and that's supposed to be their first love, friend. Uh, the, I believe the problem begins is when either the husband or the wife begin to develop a love for something other than their husband or their wife. That love could be for another person, or it could be for fame and fortune. That love could be for drugs or alcohol or hobbies or a grandkid. Ultimately, what it comes down to is this. When we allow our first love for our husband or our wife to be replaced by something else, then we've lost our first love. Church, this doesn't only just happen in the physical. You know, a lot of people fall in and I love... How many can remember being a teenager? I know that's a lot further away from most people in this room than others, but can you remember that far back to being a teenager? Thank God. I know that was... Anyway. In teenager years, it was easy to, to say, Oh, I love you. I love you. I'm, I'm in puppy love. And, and man, you could fall in and out of love in the same week. Check yes or no. You'd send out that little, that little paper. Do you love me? Check yes or no. Do you want to go with me? My always question was, where are we going? You know? You're going to go steady? Where, where, where are we going to? I don't, I don't know. In the physical, it's easy to say, I love you. In, in the physical, we have that first love. And in the physical, we fall in and we can fall out of love. But church, it's even worse when that happens spiritually as well. 
When a person or a church can get so caught up with doing something else that they forget about the purpose that they began to do it to begin with, they've lost their first love. And not only can we get so we can get so caught up with the doing, we, we can get caught up with the, the teaching, the preaching, the singing, the, 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 that we forget to the, the love, the one that called us to doing it, and we're just in the love of, of preaching. We're not in the love of loving the one that called me to be a preacher, but we're just in the love of preaching. Listen, I don't want to get so caught up with the ritual, the rut, and the routine that we miss out on the relationship. We've got to keep that first love passionate. We've got to keep that first love hot. We've got to keep that first love uh, as our first love and not allow anything to come along that replaces it. We can lose our first love when we replace it with something else. That's what happened to the church at Ephesus. The Word of God says they lost their first love. I don't know about you tonight, but I don't want anything to become more important than my God. How about you? Some things I want to share with you tonight about our first love. And the very first thing I want to talk about is this. Let's talk about the great commendation. The great commendation. Look at verses 2 and 3. Verse 2, the Lord says, I know your works. I know your labor, your patience. And that you cannot bear those who are evil. And that you have tested those who say they're apostles, but they're not. And have found them out to be liars. You have persevered and have patience and have labored for my namesake and have not become weary. Thank God. How many in the room tonight like it when you get an attaboy? Rest of you people is going to have to jump in here and help these other guys out, okay? Maybe I need to give you an attaboy. If you just amen every once in a while, that'd be better than an attaboy, right? How many of you like to hear an attaboy every once in a while? One of the things that pushed me to play baseball as hard as I did as a young man was to hear my daddy say, attaboy, boy, you did good. One of the things that pushed me to to hunt and fish as much as I did uh, was to hear my daddy say, attaboy, man, that's a big old fish, son. I I wanted to please my daddy. I wanted to hear him say I'd done well. I wanted the pat on the back. I wanted my daddy to be proud of me. At one time, I strived for the accolades and the attaboy from my, my earthly father. But can I tell you tonight, the thing that drives me right now is to hear an attaboy from my Lord and Savior, to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. It's what the Lord's doing here to the church at Ephesus. He gives them a an attaboy or a great commendation. He says, listen, I know your works. I know your labor. I know your patience. I know that you can't bear things that are evil. I know you've worked and that you haven't grown weary. In other words, you've been busy. You've been doing what I called you to do. You've been doing the the work of the kingdom. You've been reaching those that are lost. You've You've been trying to build up heaven because of the things that I've called you to do. You didn't grow weary in the process. The truth is, if you were to go back and do a little bit of a study of the the city itself of Ephesus, what you'd find is that uh, Ephesus was a very evil and corrupt place. In Acts chapter 20, verse 29, uh, in a letter that was written to the church at Ephesus, the word speaks about how wolves would come and dwell among them. And then if you were to read in Acts chapter 19, verses 21 through 41, what you'd find is that uh, a great debate had began about building idols by the people of Ephesus. The fact is that the church at Ephesus was surrounded by evil on all sides. Kind of like Lone Grove Assembly of God. How many know evil dwells around the church continually? 
But the church and the people of the church had continued in the work that they'd been called to. They'd rejected evil with perseverance and they had patience and they had done some really good things. But that's not all that the Lord required of them was to do really good things, was it? The Lord was looking not only on their work, He was not only looking on what their hands had done, but God was looking at their hearts as well. How I many know oh, it's about more than good works? It's about an issue of the heart. Praise God tonight, He knows. He knows our good works. I'm so glad that God keeps an accurate record of all the good we do. Because here's the, the good news. We don't have to keep track. We don't have to keep an accurate record of all the money we've ever put in the offering plate. We don't have to keep an accurate record of all the times we helped the little old lady across the road. We don't have to keep an accurate record of every sermon we've ever preached or every Sunday school class we've ever taught or every song we've ever sung because God knows all the things we do for the glory of His name. But here's the cool thing about God. He also knows the heart behind how we're doing it. He knows what our motivations are. He knows when we get it right, and He knows when we get it wrong. Church, can I tell you, we might be busy doing many different things. We might be rejecting evil. We may be patient. We may be persevering. But how many understand God's also looking on the inside of us and not just the outside of us? Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 10 says, I the Lord search the heart. I test the mind even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Come on. The Lord's looking at our heart. He's testing our mind. He knows our ways. He knows the motivation behind what we're doing it. Listen, it's great to get an attaboy, but it's even better to get an attaboy for the right reason. It's great to do good. It's great to resist evil. It's great to have patience. It's great to have good works. But, but James 2 and 26 says that, that without works, faith is dead. But even at that, friend, we need to understand it's not all about our works. It's about how our heart is in agreement with the works that we're doing for the kingdom of heaven. What do we need to know tonight about our first love? Well, we need to know the Lord always begins by giving us a great commendation. Another thing we need to know tonight about our first love is this. After that comes great correction. Look at verse 4. Verse 4, the Lord says, Nevertheless, you did all that good stuff, but nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your first love. Following a great commendation, then came a great correction. The Lord begins to tell them, listen, this is the problem. These are the things that, that I've got against you. These are the things that need to be corrected. You've left your first love. How many understand tonight, the Lord was not correcting them because He's mean. The Lord was not correcting them because He's an evil God. He was not correcting them because He was mad at them or hated them. He corrected them because He loved them. The Bible says very plainly in the book of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 12, for whom the Lord loves, He corrects. Listen, why do we, why do we give our little babies the, the swat on the back of the britches? We love them because we, uh, we correct them because we love them. Uh, little Johnny, don't stick your finger in a light socket. Little Susie, don't go play in traffic. So Apola, you bust them on that diaper and they learn, hey, if I do that, I'm going to get another swat on the backside and so I better not go do it again. The Lord brings correction to those whom He loves. Listen, if God didn't care about you, He'd let you walk out in traffic and get run over. 
If you didn't care about your kids, you let them stick their finger in their light socket and get hurt. But you love them, and so you correct them, you slap them on the back of the hand, and you tell them, don't do that again, you're going to get hurt. God corrected the church at Ephesus because He loved them. And I believe what we can learn and see from this is that it's possible to be working in the church, doing all that we can, and still not be where we need to be. Are you here? We can be working in the church, doing all that we believe we're supposed to be doing, and still not be where we need to be, we still need the correction that comes from the Lord. He tells them they had lost their first love. Friend, that's one of the most horrific things I could ever imagine hearing from the Lord. You've lost your first love. How many know that we can be doing, doing all the right things with all the wrong reasons and all the wrong motivations? We can be working, but working with the wrong motive. Not working and doing because we love the Lord and want to honor Him. Not working and doing because we want to bring glory onto His name. But working and doing because we want the pat on the back of man or because we have some ulterior motive that we build up our own earthly kingdom and not the kingdom of heaven. And in doing so, what we're truly doing is losing the reason for doing what we were doing in the first place. Do you understand doing what I'm talking about doing when I'm saying I'm doing something that I'm not doing? Glory. (laughs) We're not doing it because we love the Lord and want to serve Him. But we're doing it for selfish motivations. And in doing so, what happens is we trade our first love for an adulterous relationship. You're you're being an adulterer to your own flesh. You're being an adulterer to your own pride. You're being an adulterer to your own motivations and not to the the first love that God's called you to. What's our first love supposed to be? Always supposed to be. uh, Should never change. In Mark 12 and 30, the Lord said, You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Listen, that's got to be the first love and the reason why we do everything we do. Hear me. In the natural, my wife loves for me to cut the grass out in front of our house. She knows that there's creepy crawlies that are going to show up if I don't get the grass cut. She knows that there's things that go bump in the night that are going to come and and bite her on the jugular and suck all the blood out of her if I don't keep the grass cut. So I make sure to keep the grass cut. She loves for me to keep the house repaired. She loves that that if there's anything broken, daddy can fix it. She knows that that if there's something that's not right, all she has to do is say, well, there's holes over there in the wall, and I'm going to do all in my power to try to fix the holes that are in the wall. She likes the fact that I provide for my family. She likes the fact that we've got good things. She likes the fact that that I, I, I work in ministry. She loves these things about me as her husband. But let me tell you, her number one priority, it's not for me to cut the grass. It's not for me to fix the hole in the wall. Her number one priority is for me to sit beside of her and hold her hand and just listen to her talk about some little kid in third grade. Lord. Here's what I want you to understand tonight from this point. If I love anything more than I love her, I'm in an adulterous relationship. If I love cutting the grass, if I love spending time on the back of that lawnmower more than I love spending time with my wife, I'm in an adulterous relationship. 
The first very few years of our marriage, it took me a long time to get this whole hard head to figure out that, that I was supposed to love her before I was supposed to love me. And so hunting and fishing, man, as soon as I, I punched that time clock, as soon as the day was over, I was going to the deer stand, or I was going to go sit in a duck blind, or I was going to go to the, to the bank, and I was going to throw a line in the water, and I, I was just going to spend time doing my thing. And it took me a long time. It took Holy Spirit revelation, quite honestly, for me personally, to come to the understanding, Gary, you're putting this in front of your wife. And then when my girls came along, when my children came along, and I was putting things in front of my wife and my children, the Lord said, not only are you being an adulterer to your wife, but you're being an adulterer to your kids as well. My wife's number one. My kids are number two. That's the way it works in my household. It may not work that way for you, but that's the way it works at the Dotson house. God gave me her before He gave me them. And so guess what? She's my first girlfriend, and then them other two get to be my girlfriends after that. That's my first love. And if I put anything before her, then I'm an adulterer. Friend, God's supposed to be our first love spiritually. And if we put anything before Him, we're adulterers and adulteresses. James chapter 4 verse 4 says, Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Listen, God is calling us back to the place of our very first love. We got to do what we do. You come to church because you love God. Don't come to church because you love somebody in the church. Don't come to church because you love the music or you love the preacher or you love your Sunday school class. Come to church because you love God. Don't work your ministry. Don't do what God's called you to do because you love the pat on the back. You're an adulterer when you do. Love God first and then let that love flow out of that. So what do we need to know about our first love tonight? We need to understand there's great commendation, there's great correction, and then one more thing we need to understand, and that is this. There's also a great challenge that's given as well. Look at verses 5 through 7. Verse 5 says, Therefore remember from where you have fallen, and repent and do your first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. I'm going to stop right there. Thank God He doesn't just uh, correct us with, tell us that we've done something wrong and then leave us to try to figure it out on our own. How am I going to make this right? God doesn't just say, listen, you've been a bad boy. Uh, go, go figure out what you've done wrong and, and fix it. No, God gives us correction and then God gives us direction on how to change our lives to, to bring us back to the place He wants us to be. The Lord began speaking to the church at Ephesus and tells them some, that they've done some great stuff and uh, that it's all good, but, but He knows them in their heart and He knows that they've lost their first love. He said, no longer are you just doing the things because you love me. You're going through the motion. And the Lord gives them correction and then He gives them a challenge to repent and turn back to their first love. Come on, the Lord calls the church, I believe, on a continual basis to live in a spirit of revelation of repentance, church. In the book of Acts chapter 3 verse 19, the Bible says, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out and so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Man, if we don't live under a continual state of repentance. Oh, pastor, I, I did that a long time ago. 33 years ago, I told my wife I loved her when I stood up there and held her hands in front of the preacher. 
My mom and daddy was there. Her mom and daddy was there. My grandma was there. Her grandma was there. We, we held hands in front of those witnesses and I looked her in the eye and the preacher said, do you take her to be your wife, your lawfully wedded wife? And I said, yes, sir, I do. I had on some pointy-toed cowboy boots and a tuxedo. I told her 33 years ago I loved her. Actually, about 34 probably by now. Told her a long time ago that I loved her. Help me understand if, if that was the only time I ever told her I loved her. And I got to tell you something. Y'all may think she's precious and she's sweet, but there's been a lot of opportunities to fall out of love with her. Can't get a witness, Lynn Hawkersmith. He says, don't get me in trouble. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you, Allie. I mean, your, your wife's precious, okay? I mean, <laughs> you, just, you just made a deposit. <laughs> Cha-ching. There's days. I know it's hard to believe. There's days that she don't care much for me either. As precious and sweet as I am. <coughs> Notice she didn't call me down on that point. <laughs> you know, the thing about marriage is you work that stuff out though, right? Amen. I, I know... <laughs> I know y'all are probably not like Vaughn and I. You probably don't fight. David and Marla, I mean, they're just like two peas in a pod and they're like one. And they, they never fuss and fight. They never have a crossword with one another. And I know Hubert and Linda. Hubert and Linda never fuss and fight and go on at one another. That never happens, right? Nobody, nobody... I'm not even going there, Billy. I'm not, I'm not even... Mm-mm. But Vaughn and I occasionally get in a disagreement. Occasionally. I mean, like once a year, maybe, you know, once a day. I don't know. Something like that. You know what's so important after a fight? An apology. It's making up. When, <laughs> Lord, how much time do I have? It's 8 o'clock. When we were first married, and we'd get in a fuss and an argument, she'd grab me by the face. Yep. Like this. Yep. Here, illustrate. Yeah, let me do it. Let me do it. <laughs> Talk to me. Talk to me. Yeah. She'd, she'd grab me by my, by my face and look me in my eyes and say, Talk to me. Before I met my wife, you have to understand that I really enjoyed fighting. And if you touched my face... <laughs> It was on like Donkey Kong. And for her to grab my face and look, talk to me. She wasn't doing it. Talk to me, sweetie. It was emphatic. Talk to me. And I'd get, my ears would get hot and I'd get angry and I'd be upset. Don't touch me. Get your hands off me. I am not talking to you right now. Lord mercy. Y'all wonder why we can counsel young married couples because we've been through it, okay? I'll be honest with you. We've been through some crud. We've been through some really dumb things that young couples struggle with. But here's the thing I know to be a fact that God's always put in us. We don't let the sun go down on our anger. 
we don't go to bed mad at one another. Because if you go to bed mad at one another, it doesn't matter if you've got a king size or a, a bed as big as that pew. It's not big enough to get it far away from somebody that you're mad at in the bed. You touch me, you get away from me. Don't you touch me. Preaching to some married people that know what I'm talking about. I see your faces. But we always make up, right? We always make up. If I've messed up, I go to her and I say, look, man, I'm stupid and I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said what I said. Please forgive me. If I've done something to hurt your feelings, please forgive me. If I've said something that I shouldn't have said, that I didn't even know that I said, or how I said it, whatever I did. Sometimes, guys, we don't know what we did wrong. We just know we did something wrong. I don't know what I did wrong, but I'm sorry. And you know what's really cool? She, she does that with me, too. We have that kind of relationship. Now, maybe, I'm, <laughs> maybe my theology is not as strong as yours. But I do that with my God as well. Because I do things that offend my God. Does anybody else ever do anything that offends God? I mean, is that logical? Does that make sense? I mean, yes, I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. But, but the fact of the matter is, there's times my attitude ain't where it ought to be. And there's times that somebody cuts me off in traffic and I'm reaching for the... Anyway, I'm... No. There's times that I lose my temper. There's times that I get upset. There's times that I say stupid things, right? And, and I know we talk about all these, these horrible, deadly sins that are going to send somebody to hell. Listen, friend, being a gossip and being a slanderer and being a backbiter is just as sure to send you to hell as being a drug addict. And so how much should we repent and be converted so that our sins... Well, it was just a little one. I, you know, ten littles makes one big. No, actually what the Lord says... it. It doesn't matter if it's a little one or a big one. All sin is a sin. And so if we're not at a place of repenting, if we're not at a place of saying, Lord, I've been doing what I've been doing for the wrong reason. Forgive me. Let me get back on track, God. You know the cool thing about God? God is the God of do-overs. And as many times as you'll return to Him and say, Lord, I need another do-over, God is quick and faithful to give you another do-over. Thank God. I believe we need to continually remember what it was like when we're first saved. Can y'all remember when you first got saved, when you first asked Jesus into your heart? Now, I know some of you were saved when you were very young. Praise God for that. Some of you hadn't been saved very long at all. Praise God for that too. That zeal, that energy, that fire, that fervency, that excitement you had, that's what the Lord's calling the church to Ephesus to. Get back to that place when you were first saved. Get back to your first love. I believe we need to continually keep that heart of repentance to examine our motivation behind what we're doing. Am I doing what I'm doing so people will look at me? Or am I doing what I'm doing for the glory of the kingdom of heaven? I believe we need to return, accept His challenge, and have a zeal that, that once consumed us come back alive. Listen, th- there's nothing worse than being a, a lukewarm Christian. There's nothing worse than being a barf... Ba- the Lord said if you're neither hot nor cold, but lukewarm, bleh, I will vomit you out of my mouth. I don't want to be a barf bag Christian. 
I want to be so fire hot that the Lord said, look, that's one of my kids. They've kept their first love kindled into flame. They're passionate about me. They've forsaken all other loves. They're not in any adulterous relationship with the world. They love me and love me alone. Hmm. First love. The truth is tonight, church, as we read and examine the Word of God, even though this Word may have written being written thousands of years ago, the book of Revelation, still very relevant to us today. It still applies to you and me tonight. And, and I believe as we go through every one of these seven letters to these seven churches, what you're going to find is we can see a little bit of us in every one of them. Tonight we focus on our first love. May we keep our first love alive. When we stand together tonight and pray. Father, we love You so much in this place tonight. We thank You, God, for the opportunity to be in Your house. Yes. Lord, may, may our hearts be laid bare and open before You. God, You examine us from the inside to the outside. God, know our motivations as You do. And may the Holy Spirit speak to us. And if we've even begun to stray into an adulterous relationship with our flesh or with the world, God, may the Holy Spirit speak directly to us to, to fan into flame that first love once again. God, we want to be diligent in working for You. We want to be diligent in building the kingdom. We want to be diligent in the, the things that You've called us to do. But God, we want our motivations to be right and pure before You as well. God, may the first thing be the first thing. And God, may the first thing always be You. I love You tonight, Lord, and I praise You. I give You glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. Please, heads bowed and eyes closed just for a minute. If there's anybody here in this place tonight that would say, Pastor, I need Jesus. I need Him to be my Savior. My first love has, has begun to wane. My, my first love has begun to burn cold and I, I've replaced my first love with something else and I want to return to that first love tonight. Come on, if that's you, heads are bowed. Nobody's looking around, friend, it's you and I. It's just you and me. Rubber meets the road tonight. You want to return to your first love. Would you lift your hand just so I can pray with you? Come on, anybody. Pastor, that's me. Brother Rick's going to put us on some music here in a minute. I'm going to invite you to come and pray. I've talked about my wife all night. I'm going to talk about her just one more minute. Do you know how I kept my relationship with her alive and strong and our, our love is as passionate and, and fulfilling as it is right now today? I talk to her. I spend time with her. We, we have a relationship. Friend, it works that way in the spiritual as well. If you'll keep your your communication lines open with God, if you'll, if you'll keep your relationship with Him strong, I, I believe that your relationship and your love with God can stay passionate and, and, and full of fire and, and boldness the way that He wants it to be. I, I believe tonight and every night we have the opportunity to come and to spend time in the altars just to communicate or to spend time right there where you're at. It's, see, it doesn't matter to God. He just wants to spend time with you. Won't you take some time tonight before we leave this place and let's just spend... Just spend a few moments in prayer. God bless you as you pray.